Michelle. And I'm Lucy. Welcome to another Cameo episode. These very short episodes will be slotted in between the other ones and will cover people who made a fleeting yet tantalizing appearance in other episodes. We don't always have a lot of information about them, so they can't have a full episode of their own, but they are too interesting to abandon completely, and they fill in the gaps and enable us to create as full a picture of the era as we can. And today... John. Just John. Just John. Just John. Just John. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So we could be talking about my brother, my father, my grandfather, or my great-grandfather. They're all Johns. (laughs) Yep, all of them. (laughs) It's going to be a long episode. Yep, just John. He was born on the 2nd of February, 1455, in Alberhus Castle. Alberhus? Alberhus. Is that a... British castle? Sounds it. Sounds Scottish, doesn't it? But it isn't. Okay. Mm. He was the third son, but sadly the oldest one to survive. His father was Christian I, who was king of Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. Denmark! (laughs) Ah! Ah. We finally find this king that doesn't have ships. Oh, well, we shall see about that. Norway, Sweden and Denmark were known as the Kalmar Union after a treaty signed in the town of Kalmar in Sweden in 1397. Okay. Finland was part of Sweden at this time and it also included Norwegian overseas territories, Iceland, Greenland, the Faroe Islands, Orkney and Shetland. Oh. So a big chunk of land. Yes. In my head, Iceland didn't belong to Norway though for some reason. I knew they were, according to Saga thing, Mm. that's where you went if you were kicked out. Yes. (laughs) If you were outlawed, you went to Iceland, but I didn't realise that Norway actually ruled it. Hmm. And you went to Norway if you wanted to make a bit of money and get a bit of fame. The Kalmar Union was formed to weaken the hold that the Hanseatic League had on shipping. Because you can imagine, the Hanseatic merchants were coming out of the German ports. Yes. The Kalmar Union had the ports to the north of that, and so there was competition for mercantile supremacy in the North Sea. Right. And I suppose there was England as well. But, yeah. Not really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's there. The <laughs> Except for the illegal alum trade. Indeed. Well, the first dry dock was it was created when in Henry VII's reign. Oh. They remained separate sovereign states, but under the rule of a single monarch. At least that was the plan... And King Christian wanted to make sure that his son would succeed him, but it was not that easy. Okay. The Danes seemed happy to have him as their king, but the Norwegians weren't so sure. And they did have a choice, since the monarch had to be elected. It was not simply a case of primogeniture. Yeah. Okay, and wait, you just said the Norwegians weren't sure. I thought that was a league. Were they actually, was Denmark the monarch of Norway as well? Well, Christian was the monarch of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. The whole Oh, the whole it's not just a league. He's a whole country, basically. A king over all three. They're separate, but there's a king over all three. At least there was during Christian's time. But then... That's it, not confusing at all. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm Why? sure they understood it. <laughs> I suppose they could make their own domestic rules. Okay. 
But so maybe like the Commonwealth, we technically have the King of England right now for Canada, but we don't follow British law. Hmm. Maybe. I should think so. And it it makes you a stronger stronger element, especially if you're wanting to fight the Hanseatic League. Yes. Yeah, united we stand, divided ah. we fall. On the death of his father, John became King of Denmark automatically. But in Norway, the council took over ruling themselves. Okay, so was he wasn't elected in Denmark, but he was elected to... They were happy to have him in Denmark. Okay, so Nor- they just chose him. Yeah, Norwegians okay. said, no, nah, we don't no. need him. <laughs> and I don't know if it was anything personal, because they weren't actually holding out for something better. They hadn't got better plans. They just wanted to demonstrate their independence, really. Mm. In 1483, a meeting was called to include the councils of Denmark, Norway and Sweden. For some reasons, Swedes didn't turn up. But Norway and Denmark drew up a document itemising the terms for John's election. Okay, so what he could and could not do. Yeah, you can be king, but you've got to follow the rules. Our rules. And John must have agreed to this because he was crowned in Copenhagen and Trondheim in a ceremony called a hand fastening. Now, I've heard of hand fastening. Sounds like marriage. Yeah, I've heard of hand fastening as a form of marriage, yes, because it's very popular in Glastonbury, just up the road. Yeah, you tie their hands together. Yeah, I presume it's any sort of union. So he he is effectively marrying the country, I suppose. Okay. Sweden made it clear that they didn't want John to, to rule them, preferring Sten Stur, who, although he was never actually king, ruled Sweden as regent. Really? And who was he related to? I don't know. How did he... Oh, right. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Cameo episode. Yes, we're doing doing Denmark. (laughs) John concluded an offensive alliance with Ivan III of Russia, who I believe... (laughs) Yes, he is on our list for Patreons, but people have to vote for him to decide if he's going to be covered. So, sorry, was that Patreon? Patreon? Yes, it's Patreon, where we all of a sudden decided that, you know, eight hours per single person seems to be the right amount of time. (laughs) Not sure how we managed to get to that. (laughs) Tudoriferous Patreon. I want nothing else. Ivan III of Russia, incidentally, was on good terms with Maximilian, and they called each other brother. Oh, (laughs) Which goes to show that Maximilian at least knew the King of Denmark once removed through Ivan. (laughs) (laughs) Although whether he met personally, I couldn't find out, since most of the information about John is in Danish, Swedish or Norwegian. Yes, we need somebody to read those records and tell us if Maximilian even talked to him. Because yes. from Maximilian's point of view, no, we couldn't <laughs> find anything. He's just saying, he's going to give you ships. Yes. What? <laughs> Together, Ivan and John weakened the Hanseatic cities. Ivan imprisoned Hanseatic merchants while John sent Danish privateers to harry Hanseatic shipping. Oh, so Queen Elizabeth wasn't the first to use privateers. Oh, I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was before her. Yes. Not even born yet. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) And the main reason for this that I could see was to give the advantage to Danish and Russian merchants. Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Why would you give an advantage to somebody else? (laughs) No, it doesn't sound very moral, but it makes sense. (laughs) 
Like Henry VII and Isabella of Castile, John employed people of merit. And, as with Henry VII and Isabella of Castile, this really annoyed the nobility, since (laughs) some of these merit-worthy people were commoners. I just spit out my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Having learnt a little of his personality, I wondered if he preferred the company of commoners. Because it makes sense to surround yourself with people you can get on with. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But... His greatest achievement, and the one the most pertinent to our knowledge of the man, was that he built a first-class Danish navy. He had ah, boats. He had ships. <laughs> He's got them. Whether he was How offering many? them, was it a fleet or a fleet at? It's a navy. That's got to be bigger it's a than a fleet. Full on. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes. I imagine a navy is made up of a few fleets. Ideally. You think so. Ideally. Yes. But whether he promised to use them to help Edmund de la Pole, we'll probably never know. <laughs> <laughs> we desperately need somebody who can read Danish. <laughs> yeah, Maximilian said he did, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> it is not good enough for me. <laughs> In 1490, John agreed to join Pope Julius's crusade against the Ottoman Turks. And I believe this, right. this is the first time Scandinavian troops were going to be part of a crusade. They did not show up when I was doing Mehmed for our Patreon either. Tudoriferous Patreon. Cool, fizzing, and so refreshing. Ah, right. I was just wondering if maybe that's the first time they were officially part of the crusade with the backing of the monarch rather than Mm. freelance. There may but, have been mercenaries, but I didn't even find mercenaries from Denmark. Well, you wouldn't have, because just like everyone else, he then sent a note to the Pope asking to be excused. <laughs> <laughs> he had too much going on at home that he needed to sort out. It wasn't that he wasn't keen. He was very keen. <laughs> you know how it is. He just couldn't find a yeah. window in his busy schedule. So... <laughs> I anyway. take Nasta on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm washing my hair. Anyway, good luck with it all, but we won't be there. <laughs> oh, jeez. The Pope must have got loads of these letters thinking, oh, God, isn't it like, you know, organising a party and finding that no one's coming? Yeah. And you don't want unwilling people to be there. That never works. You need people to be no. 100% committed. Yeah. And they really were. By that I they? don't mean insane. <laughs> <laughs> Although that might help. In 1495, John had had enough of Sten Stur ruling Sweden. He sailed to meet with Sten, but unfortunately his flagship caught fire. and He wasn't on it. He was fine. But they turned around and went home. I think it's a bit humiliating <laughs> if you arrive and your yes. flagship is sort of <laughs> blackened. Oh, jeez. But he was back two years later when he met and defeated Sten at the Battle of Rotobro. And I'm saying Rotobro, but I did look it up on Google Translate, and it's sort of... Oh! So, <laughs> it just seemed like a... So. so the league is basically now just Norway and Denmark, because Sweden is Sweden's, now fighting Sweden them. stepped out, yeah. Okay. John's victory was inevitable since he'd been conducting a campaign to win the hearts and minds of the Swedish nobility for some time. 
So Sven, Sven, <laughs> so St- <laughs> I just feel they ought to be called Sven. So Sten was pretty much left in the lurch. However, there was no hard feelings. John was made king of Sweden, but Sten was second in command. Really? Mm. That's unusual. It's unusual, but it makes sense because he knows Sweden. He's done it. Yes. He's done it. So yes. presumably he was our man in Sweden since John had three kingdoms to deal with it with so yeah but every, we just went through an entire war of the roses thing where keeping the the old king alive was such a bad idea <laughs> yes <laughs> does this work well not as such <laughs> because john's failed bid to take over schleswig holstein and i did look up the, the, the <laughs> pronunciation for that as well severely weakened his standing and the Swedes decided they didn't really want to lose her for a king and so deposed him in favour of Sten Stor. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Well, John wasn't going to take this lying down and the Danish Swedo... The Dano-Swedish... Swedo. <laughs> Swedo. <laughs> I like Swedo better. <laughs> the Dano-Swedish War kicked off in 1501 and carried on to 1512. Ooh, that's a long one. Long after Sten Stor had died, yeah. Wow. Although John went back to Denmark at the beginning of the war. Okay, take care of this for me. <laughs> well, precisely, with his mistress. Oh. <laughs> leaving his wife, Christina of Saxony, at the Trey Kroner Fortress. Apparently, yes. as moral support for his followers. Oh my goodness. Yes. Failure. I don't think she was the slightest bit taken in by that excuse. <laughs> no. Although we we think of this as being bad, but maybe she hated him and this was awesome. <laughs> no, it wasn't awesome. Oh. It really wasn't awesome. Oh. Between September 1501 and May 1502, the Trey Kroner Fortress was besieged by Stenstor. And oh. apparently this was a really grim siege. There had been a thousand men in the garrison. By the end of the siege, there were 70. What got them? Disease or famine? Both plague. Plague and oh, famine. Oh, and you can't even run away. No. Well, it's all uh. right. John and his mistress were well out of it. Oh, goodness sake. Christina surrendered to Sten and was then kept in a convent until she could travel back to Denmark. John sent a ship for her, but Sten refused to hand her over. I'm not sure whether he liked her a lot or whether he was just being bloody-minded. It wasn't until 1503 that he escorted her personally to the Danish border and handed her over to her son Christian. Once she got back to Denmark, she lived separately from John. She had her own yes. court. Yes. Who, who could blame her? <laughs> Nobody. No. Nobody at all. She was very pious and founded several convents. And she was a great commissioner of art and music. And, rather gratifyingly, she outlived her husband by eight years. Oh, good! (laughs) Eventually, the Swedes agreed that Jean could be their king, after all. As long as he wasn't crowned, and as long as he never set foot in Stockholm. (laughs) (laughs) You can have your face on the post stamp. Yes. Be be happy with it. (laughs) But that was 1509, and the war went on for a further two years. And this was where John's great navy came into place, since it, alongside Scottish privateers, 
was pitted against the joint navy made up of Sweden and the Hanseatic League. And the Hanseatic oh. League was making a last-ditch attempt to protect the rule of the North Sea because they were, they were waning by this point. And we will do an episode okay. on the Hanseatic League because they're quite an interesting lot. Okay. John died on the 20th of February, 1513. I haven't got a lot of information about him, I'm afraid. Well, there's loads in Danish, but... <laughs> <laughs> and he died where he was born, in the Alberhus Castle. He had been thrown from his horse. We've seen a lot of that, haven't we? <laughs> Yes. He was buried in a Franciscan friary in Odense, and his wife Christina commissioned Klaus Berg to build a truly stupendous altarpiece that's now in St. Canute's Cathedral in Odense. And I've got, there's a picture of that if you want. I've sent you some images. St. Canute is not the same Canute, is it? I don't know. I should imagine it might be a common name. I hope so. Because <laughs> that Canute... I don't wasn't really very saintly. He was saintly. No. <laughs> but if you look at the picture, you'll see that it's... Um, the picture doesn't show it in detail. Oh, wow. That is detailed. Is that real real gold? Oh, I should think so. You don't skimp on these things, do you? Wow. Yes, it is bling, isn't it? It's it just gold, very. gold, gold. Yeah, that's that's making Look a statement. Look at the detail on the fingers and the hands. Miraculously, it survived the iconoclasm of the Protestant Reformation. Maybe it just did, wouldn't break, I suppose. <laughs> 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 they kept bashing it. Christina was buried next to her husband. The wife, not the mistress. Oh. Yeah. Both bodies were moved to St Canute's Cathedral when the friary was demolished. John and Christina had had four children. Christian... Francis, Elizabeth, and Knud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Knud's a one lovely of these name. But... does not. <laughs> yes. yes, pick the odd one out. Christian succeeded his father, but he was deposed in 1523. We might come back to him at some point. Who knows? Anyway, more about this mistress. Her name was Idila Janskig. And she was one of the Queen's maids of honour... And she went with her to Stockholm in 1499. Rumours started doing the rounds that she and the king were having an affair. She used his personal slave, for one thing. Um, okay. I suppose it's not, not usual for maids, maids of honour to use the king's sleigh, is it? Oh, sleigh. I thought you said slave. Oh, no, no, sleigh. Okay. This affair was used by John's opponents to discredit him. And while poor Christina was stuck being besieged in Sweden, John and Adela came back to Denmark, where he married her off to a nobleman, Torben Bieler. And this appears to have been one of those things a bit like... Uh, Placeholder. <laughs> Pope Alexander married his, his mistress off to, off to somebody because yes. the affair continued after the marriage. But they do seem to be better suited than John was with Christina. As we said, Christina was very pious. And if her sculpture's anything to go by, she drank vinegar by the gallon. Ah. Oh. If you look at her picture, you'll see what I mean. She's the one with the fingers? Yes. And the, okay. and the look. <laughs> and that look. Mind you, she, I mean, she'd seen some things during that siege. She does not look happy, no. No. She looks hard work, I have to say. <laughs> she looks unimpressed with something somebody has said. I... Th I... I think she could probably be very withering. 
Yeah, but I her, I figured her skin would also be pretty gaunt if you're drinking because vinegar can't. Be oh good no, no, for I you. meant that as as it meant she was a bit caustic looking. Oh, I don't think she really okay. drank vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> Idila was described as a humorous beauty, which, um, yeah, Christina isn't humorous, no, is she? doesn't look humorous at all. And John was described as the commoner's king, that he was very jolly and down to earth. Okay. But if the wall sculpture near his grave was anything to go by, he was not much of a looker. <laughs> he looks like he has that expression of somebody going, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his natural expression, the poor man? <laughs> I don't know. It looks like he's got one eye and the other one's yes. all scrunched up. I don't know. I, I mean, he was in battles. Maybe he did lose no, his eye. he looks like he's just sucked on a lemon. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he's drinking vinegar. <laughs> it's not an attractive look. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'll put that one up on Facebook when we put this out because it is quite a humorous picture. <laughs> yes. According to a website which collects data on how many hits various Wikipedia pages have had, John is the 1,240th most popular politician in the world and the 42nd most popular Danish character on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I could find out about the infamous King of Denmark without being able to read any Scandinavian languages. I'm afraid I was unable to answer the most pressing question did he have any idea that his name was being bandied about by Maximilian as a potential saviour for Edmund de la Pole? So I'm afraid, I guess, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> oh, I was hoping we would answer that. No, maybe one day. But I mean, we've done Maximilian, we've done Edmund. Now we've done, sort of done him. Yes. It's hard to tell where we're going to find the information. Yeah. We need somebody who reads Danish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of King John of Denmark, Sweden, Norway, with a stamp. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>